0: hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of well then today i am interviewing a special friend of mine who has such an incredible take on how to use poetry and creativity for healing her name is leslie worth she is an american-born poet author and speaker with a master's in spiritual psychology she is the creator of write yourself free and poetry for healing Both platforms inspire women to find their voice, stand tall in their imperfections, and heal by bringing spiritual insight to the human experience. Her work has been featured in yoga studios, healing centers, trauma centers for women, and even in my membership for women, the self-care space. Leslie came in and taught the most wonderful workshop on using poetry for healing your heart and reclaiming your heart. And it was such a beautiful experience that our members truly, truly loved If you are a member of the self-care space or you're thinking about joining, definitely go into the membership and check out the past recording of that workshop because Leslie shared so much beautiful, nurturing wisdom during that time. So I'm really excited for you all to hear about this conversation with Leslie and I. We share so much in common and covered so much beautiful ground when it comes to healing and spirituality, and I just know that you're going to love this episode. So enjoy. All right. Hi, Leslie. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Megan.
0: Absolutely. It's been such a joy to get to connect with you and kind of share wisdom, start to build conversations and even collaborate, and, and I'm sure we'll share more about that later in the episode, but I'm just, I'm so excited to, to be in this space with you and for you to get to share a little bit about you and your story and your your world and what you're up to.
1: Wonderful, thank you.
0: Yeah, so I would love to just kind of kick it off by having you share with everybody a little bit about what your journey has been like, I know, um, a lot of the work that you do is in the healing space and you've got your master's in spiritual psychology. And I, am just curious kind of what led you to that point.
1: Yeah. <laughs> life, right? right. So, Yeah. Um, my whole life has been, um, I feel like I've always had this really strong drive towards the divine right? Towards wanting to feel a greater connection. And I also have had a really strong like human experience. And what I mean by that is that I didn't sign up for the easy road. You know, it it seemed really clear to me that my soul chose the path of evolution in a way that wouldn't be comfortable, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. Um, but it, it really motivated me. You know, they say that pain is the doorway to wanting to seek um, a spiritual path. And I don't think it has to be that way. I think that we can learn through joy, but it certainly was my impetus. And so I, you know, I remember being in LA my, it was about, it was in my upper twenties and I had lunch with a friend and she had the most amazing glow to her face. And I remember thinking, I want what she has. What? How did? How is this possible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she had told me that she received um, a, a master's degree in spiritual psychology. And so I enrolled in the program myself and went through it. And it was incredibly, incredibly powerful and beautiful. But what I did within that program was I did what I call... Um, performance healing in some ways. Like I always tried to wrap it in a neat bow and eventually I got to the point where that wasn't working anymore. And, um, I had burnt the candle at both ends for so long that my body basically gave out for like a year. And that set me on a trajectory of what felt like a more authentic healing path where I had to learn how to open my heart to every single part of me that I had wanted to um, fix or bypass or sweep under the rug. And although it was incredibly difficult, it definitely deepened my capacity for compassion and also just to be real. It really motivated me to want to um be the real deal in life and support others and be more authentic and vulnerable and open.
0: I can relate to all of that so much, <laughs> especially the piece about um I love the way you phrased it, the performative healing. I I can think of so many times especially, you know, in the earlier days of my healing journey where I did want to wrap everything in that pretty bow and to be able to make it digestible and be like, here's what happened and here's how I healed it and here's how you can too kind of thing rather than to just be authentic and more raw and vulnerable in the moments of healing when it's messy and when it's not tied up with a pretty bow. And I just really want to thank you for, for sharing that because I'm sure that's some, something that so many people out there, especially women can relate to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I felt that resonance with you right away. Um, and I just think it's so important. I, I really think that's what we're being called into is being able to see from soul-centered eyes one another and and love and hold space for all of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. and And I do want to acknowledge that every person is a little bit different and so what that looks like for them will obviously be different so for some people Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean you know showing up on social media and sharing every nitty-gritty detail of their life sometimes it's just about being able to do that vulnerably and authentically with like their very closest friend or one person in their life to be able to open that part of themselves up to
1: absolutely or even just to ourselves I think that if I can tell myself
0: the truth, that's where the biggest liberation is. Oh my goodness. Yes. How many times do we, you know, inadvertently sometimes lie to ourselves about where we're at and what we're feeling, because it's hard to feel the real stuff and the messy stuff, but it's also so rewarding and gratifying when you do, and you move through it and you sit with it and transform it into something more useful. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, first off, for sharing that. Um, There's so many different things that I'm excited to explore with you, but I know one of the main things that you and I really connected on is, um, you know, the idea of intuition and how it shows up in our lives. And I know that you um, are a very intuitive person. And so that's definitely a big driver in your life. Um, I'm curious to just hear a little bit about what intuition means to you, like your definition of it and how it shows up in your life?
1: Absolutely. I love this question. I get super excited <laughs> every time I talk about <laughs> intuition. Um, I would say that for me, I think of intuition as an extension of grace. And what I mean by that is that it is a bridge between my human personality Both the joyful parts of me or the the parts that might be in pain, just my whole personality and the part of me that is um, like my soul self or the part of me that connects to spirit or God or the universe, whatever word people are comfortable with. And it's a way to receive feedback for what the highest path is in the moment And I don't use the phrase highest path um, lightly. And what I mean by that is it's kind of become like a buzz phrase. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I've learned about intuition is that it is grace because it ultimately has my and everyone else's um, welfare in mind and sometimes my personality self, I don't know about you, Megan, but for me, it's sometimes it's right on board and in sync. And sometimes it's not, <laughs> and I have to, I have to work with that part to get yeah. it on board. Right. Um, because my intuition is so loud and so strong. And I understand, um, I guess you could say how it speaks to me through my body or through different signals. I can tell when something's not quite right, or I need to pay attention, or I need to slow down. And if I have an attachment, if my personality self is attached to someone or some outcome, that becomes some inner work that needs to take place in order to really honor the intuition.
0: And I'm curious for you, if you have noticed any particular um, pattern or outcome when you don't listen to your inner intuition or you don't honor what it's trying to tell you. Have you, have you noticed what the kind of repercussions of that have been in throughout your life?
1: Absolutely. And it's a tricky question too, in a sense, it's so simple and also complex. And the reason I say that is because I never want anybody to feel like if they don't honor their intuition, they're going to suffer or that they're going to be punished. And yet the truth is, when I haven't listened, I have suffered in some sort of way. Sometimes that, you know, suffering, kind of quote unquote, can just be a sense of unease that I'm living with inside of my body, um, a sense of there's that still, quiet voice within, and it's prompting me and knocking on the door. And if I don't want to listen, um, there is a lack of feeling in harmony inside of my body, which gives me personally a sense of anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I know if I'm anxious, something's off and that I have to slow down and, and, and pay attention to that.
0: Yeah. And, and I ask you that because I think it's so important for us to point out not only the different ways that intuition shows up in our life, but what mm-hmm. um, the consequences either positive or That we might perceive to be more negative or along the lines of, like you mentioned, the experience of suffering, because it allows us to then trust in our own intuition more and more. I think, especially as women, there are so many moments and opportunities where we can question our own inner knowings because of a million and one reasons why we're taught that we don't actually know when we do. And Mm -hmm. when other women can help reinforce for us, like, no, look, look at that pattern of events. Like you felt the gut knowing, you didn't take action in the way you felt you should, and here was the result. And that's not to say that it was a, you're being punished or it's a bad thing. It's just really helpful information for you so that next Mm -hmm. time you feel that same feeling, you can go, oh, okay, I have a choice here. And my choice will provide valuable insight either way.
1: <laughs> I 100% agree. And if we look back, like you mentioned the word patterns, there tends to be a lot of themes and patterns with intuition from the way that our body talks to us to the outcomes of, of like you said, if you don't listen. And I know f- that you know there's the inner outcome Right, whatever that state is for somebody, whether it's anxiety or something else. And then there's the outer where sometimes people experience the door closing a lot and nothing's working and they feel stagnant. Sometimes um, something kind of comes back to bite them in the butt, whatever it is. um, It really is a something I would, I guess I wouldn't want to say it this way. Something I would invite people to consider is looking back at their life and actually making a list when they didn't listen, what were the outcomes? Because there's generally patterns.
0: Yeah, exactly. And even in the way that intuition shows up, you know, you shared that for you, it it often manifests in your body telling you Mm -hmm. things and that may be true for many other people and for others it may be more of a just kind of an inner knowing rather than a physical sensation that that Mm -hmm. their intuition kind of uses to guide them so knowing that it doesn't look just one way for every single person out there is also really helpful to learn to trust your own um, kind of sensations and, and knowings and and like you said the patterns and the outcomes as well
1: yeah absolutely it is very different for each person and there's you know for me i distinguish a difference between intuition and guidance Mm. so i don't know if other people would relate to that but i think of my intuition as that inner compass it is my inner compass and it also is connected to divine intelligence and with guidance i often experience it from outside in Mm.
0: how so and could you give an example
1: Yeah, well, and and it's funny, because I haven't really shared this too publicly, but I do have, um, I guess you would say some of those clairaudient abilities. And so Mm -hmm. I will, and sometimes I, you know, see images and get pictures and have some access um, to past life stuff. And so for me, I wouldn't say that's my intuition, I would say that is my guidance, trying Mm -hmm. to help me make sense of this moment if that makes sense, and it can come through, you know, angelic realms or just different type of realms for people. So learning those nuances has been helpful for me too. And the beauty of this conversation to me is that the intuition is something that I really believe everybody comes in here with that compass. Like we're not dropped here without it. you know? yeah. So we can all harness it and cultivate it and see where our blocks are around it and let it really teach us and um, guide us. To me, it is my biggest teacher in my life.
0: I'm so glad that you shared that because I I have certainly heard that before from people who, are, who believe like, oh, I'm just not intuitive. And what, whatever led them to believe that, whether it was kind of a cultural narrative or their own personal experience, I also am a believer that we all have it. It just sometimes takes practice in honing it and using it and, and practicing listening to it because most of us spend so much of our lives ignoring and suppressing our intuition.
1: Yeah, it really is a muscle that we can build. Absolutely. Yep. And listening is the key part that you mentioned so beautifully is it's just, it's like strength training. It's spiritual strength training.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. You can't just like do it once and expect that it's going to be there all the time. It's a, it's a daily consistent practice of using that muscle. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure we'll continue to to talk more about intuition as well, because like you said, it it is the compass. It's the inner compass that really guides so much of our healing um, and is one of our most, if not our most valuable tools in that arena. But speaking about, you know, this concept of healing in general, I think Mm -hmm. that one of the things we talk a lot about on this podcast and also in my own Kind of private practice and personal work with clients and group work and all of that is the topic of, of love and relationships. And that tends to be one of the areas that I find people, women in particular, but not just women, um, carry the most wounding and the most mm-hmm. trauma. And there's kind of the greatest opportunity for really diving deep into our experience of, of love and relationship and what healing there is for us there. Um, so that's something that I'm kind of really familiar and well-versed in having conversations around. I'm curious, two things for you, what was kind of your gateway into doing your own personal healing work? Like, was it a particular area of your life or topic or trauma that you were wanting to work through? And then B, what do you find is that kind of like entry point for the women that you work with in, in general as well.
1: Yeah. So for me, well, a couple of things, um, I would say the biggest, the biggest impetus though, was when I was 14, I was severely anorexic and, um, I was like kept alive on You know, like with IVs, and just it was a very interesting thing because I had never even heard of an eating disorder. I had been growing up in a farm town in the
0: middle of nowhere.
1: (laughs) And so that was the beginning of inner work for me, really. You know, I was very young and it was very, very serious. And that propelled me to continue to want to really what it comes down to for me, Megan, is was was, and still is finding freedom from my own mind. Mm. And I've learned that I'm not somebody that can heal my mind with my mind. I'm not an affirmation girl. I'm not a, you know, positive thinking girl. I am a get in the body, move the energy and open your heart. And that then almost floods up into the mind because there's a greater intelligence that tells me, Hey, we're okay. Or, express this or move that and things start to feel more peaceful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah.
0: I think mm -hmm. that even for people who are more like cognitively inclined and who prefer to work with the mind, I think there's only so far you can get when you're just focusing on healing with the mind. I think eventually you've got to bring the body in, into the conversation and you've got to bring mm-hmm. your intuition into the conversation. And I know, uh, you know, we can talk more about how, how spiritual psychology really takes this holistic approach to healing, um, you know, more from the inside out. But yeah, I think that even the people who are like more comfortable in the realm of, of cognitive healing and the mind still have to bring the body in at, at some point. So I'm glad that you, you know, uh, touched on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then in terms of where I see other people brought in, I, I think a lot of times it's health, it's relationships, like you mentioned, um, or some sense of dis ease, whether it's anxiety or depression. Um, but the pattern that I've seen the most, no matter what the area is, is the sense of, I shouldn't feel this way. I should be over here. Mm-hmm. That's where people get locked in the most. And that once that shame starts to dwindle by working, you know, with somebody, which I'm sure you can completely relate to this with what you do, but who works with somebody who sees their light, no matter what's going on, who sees their courage, who sees their strength, who sees their beauty in their upset or in their experience or in their uncertainty reminds them that they are worthy and beautiful, just as they are. And they start to then believe it and things start to shift.
0: That is such a beautiful way of, of, of putting it. And so eloquently described. And and I definitely relate to that. A lot of people happen to come to me when they are in the midst of breakups, which are certainly a, a, a painful and transformative time, for most of us and mm-hmm. oftentimes you know the, the women that i work with are feeling really low self-worth and maybe even broken and not worthy of love in so many different ways and and to your point to have somebody who can just hold space for seeing all of the beautiful worthy lovable parts of you and and that acknowledging that even the parts of you that don't feel that way are still worthy and lovable is really healing in itself
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I had a a client once who had I would honestly say the toughest life I've ever I can't even imagine. And she went to therapy for probably twenty five years. She's no longer you know on the planet, but she had told me something that she she said I've never told anybody this, and she had never told one therapist. And based on my reply she was able then to change the way she thought of herself. And I don't share that because to make it about me, I share it because I even saw as the one supporting in that moment, how the mind works and how our shame is really other related. And so when somebody really does not care or bat an eye or see any different, no matter what that quote unquote thing is that you feel is so awful, it can truly tra- start to transform somebody's life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because, and I know you've alluded to this a couple of times, I think shame is one of the heaviest burdens that we carry and is so universally common <laughs> to the human experience. I think every human at some point experiences the weight of shame about something, some element mm-hmm. of themselves or their life. and. It can be really corrosive, and so to have that person holding space for you to help pull you out of, out of that place—the shadowy, shameful place—is a really beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, can you talk a little bit more about um, kind of how? I, I know one thing that that you write about and speak about is um, this difference between like being broken and being healed and and the healing journey in general and and maybe why it's not um, as black and white or polarizing of an idea as as we often relate to it as and and how there's maybe a little bit more of a, a comfortable middle ground that we can learn to sit in. and and yeah, can you just share a little bit more about your insights on on that idea? Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, I think that the self-help world and the therapeutic world, um, and even this idea of spirituality, which is a whole nother topic that we could get into, but where it becomes (laughs) becomes this um, commodity that we pay for, or this healing that we're after, and it's its own entity, and it's its own consciousness, for lack of a better word. When that takes place, people tend to think that there's success and failure. They tend to think, okay, know like you've said broken, you know, I'm broken now, and if I can follow these bullet points or work with this person or get over here, I will have made it. Mm-hmm. And the subtext of that is then I'm worthy, then I can help other people. then I'm, you know this, that, and the other. Yep. And that is a trap. And I think that unfortunately, there's a lot of, um, I don't wanna go that way. What I'd like to say is I would really invite all of us to get to the place where if we look from the top down and we see our whole life and all the amazing and courageous and empowered um, and imperfect and wonderfully human moments that we had where we were so brave and showed up to the best of our ability i think that's a better depiction and a better understanding of what we're really doing here and looking at it from a higher view of our soul has lessons and our soul is learning and what mine is is very different than what yours is and the next person's and so we can't really follow any type of formula it's it's almost like this um, I think of healing as an art that we're constantly embarking upon every single day and really at the core of it is what is my soul wanting to teach me? And if we're living that question, you can never really arrive anywhere. It's just Mm -hmm. always evolving.
0: Yeah. And I think that that so strongly ties back to what we were talking about in the beginning, this idea of performative healing and healing so often becomes just another thing to check off our list, another accomplishment, another thing to achieve, especially in the realm of the narrative of women who grew up being taught that they need to be like a good little girl and do everything right. I think that there can be that propensity to want to just get full like get in uh full marks or like be an a student at healing and that's just (laughs) not how it works (laughs) i know i can so relate to that i
1: i think that it can become its own trap or your greatest liberator and we have to pay attention to that within ourselves Mm
0: -hmm. yeah absolutely because to your point it is this ever evolving beautiful thing and to to kid yourself into thinking that there will be a day where you've just you've made it like you've done all the work there's nothing more to do you're perfect you're healed in quotes air quotes is so disempowering because it sets you up to a feel like a failure on days that feel heavier and b it kind of um pulls you away from from the richness that is available to you when you see it as an ongoing ever evolving living, breathing thing.
1: Absolutely. And the question I ask people a lot that I work with is what does healing mean to you?
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. I was, I'm so glad you brought that up because I wanted to bring that up at some point. So I'm curious, what does healing mean to you? (laughs) (laughs) That was a quick turnaround. Um, So for me, it actually
1: means the the falling away of everything that is not my authentic self. And when I say authentic, I mean, my true essence, my soul essence. So that definition then would obviously mean that it would never end. Right. I think that again, if I look at it from this lens of before and after I'm stuck in this very um, human idea of what healing is, but I think we come here to have experiences to grow. And so the healing journey is actually just being alive on this planet and Mm -hmm. shedding these various parts that are misunderstanding from whether it's our self-worth or, um, you know, just various things that we all struggle with. I think that's a big one. It's certainly one that I've dealt with. I think it's part of the human condition, and I personally would like to see that more normalized instead of being ashamed of um, self worth issues. Because a lot of people think of it as the person who's you know in the in their <laughs> pajamas putting chocolate and potato chips in their mouth, but it also expresses itself with the overproductive CEO who doesn't want to feel any feelings of unworthiness Mm -hmm. so I know I'm going off on a little tangent but I just I think being alive is a process of of healing
0: yeah 100% I, I feel the same way because you know the I think the more that you are in conversations about healing about spirituality Obviously, we often ask ourselves questions like, well, what is the point of it all? Why am I here? And I don't think we would have come here if there wasn't some part of us that really did desire the contrast and the lessons and the opportunities for things to be messy and to be imperfect so that we can see what it is that is authentic for us. And and then to your point, kind of let fall away all the things that aren't that.
1: Yeah. And I know that's kind of an esoteric answer. And so to bring that into something more tangible and grounded, how that then shows up is the ability to, you know, to do more and express more. One of my greatest loves is poetry and spoken word. And I have no training, but I, I write and speak about the healing journey out loud. And I've learned that if I can talk about where my insecurities are, it unlocks something in other people and they start to do it too. And it, that to me is healing as well. If that makes sense, it is, it can show up in a very rooted practical way in our daily life. Because we, for me, if I see, oh, that's this human part of me judging me, well, I'm going to be courageous and I'm going to get up and I'm going to talk about this, not overshare. There has to be discernment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But Hey, this is going to push my edge a little bit. I'm a little nervous. Maybe I want to go a little further that ripples out into other people's lives. And then they start to do it and it catches fire.
0: Yeah, that absolutely makes sense, and um, you read my mind once again. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I wanted to ask you to dive in a little bit more to your your relationship with poetry and creativity as a healing modality, because we could, I'm sure between the two of us talk about an infinite number of healing modalities and practices and, tools yeah. and resources. Yeah. Um, and I love what you've done in the work that you're doing in the realm of using poetry for healing. So could you share a little bit more about that?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'll have to, I feel like sometimes I have to call myself down. I get so excited in my voice pitch changes mm-hmm. and I talk faster, but, um, I have found that it is, it serves a purpose in that for me, it's meditative and it's single focused It channels emotions into art. And it takes, you know, let's say that we've touched a little bit on a breakup. I can take a breakup where let's say I was, this actually is a true story where I felt and experienced, um, a great sense of pain, uh, gaslighting, confusion, all these really difficult things. And I sat down and I created a spoken word piece to raise awareness on um, women's voices and what women's intuition can pick up on in those moments. And I stepped into my power and I created like I said, like the spoken word piece, So it pulled me out of the collapse and it put me in my power. It put me in my voice. It put me in a single focus, which was where, where am I here? What do I stand for? And I created something that I could put out into the world. So the goal was really to help myself from collapse to, to a greater expression. And that is something that I think is one of its most powerful medicinal properties.
0: And one thing that I love that you shared about when we initially spoke that I think could be really valuable for anybody out there who's listening to hear um, was this con- this this idea that for you when you first found yourself writing and found yourself diving into this this project that you you felt the sensation or the thought of like well this is weird because I'm I'm not a poet like. I don't yeah. write poetry. And I, I remember I shared with you that I could really relate to that because when I first started writing first in a journal and then kind of in longer form format, I felt like, well, I'm not a writer. So who am I to be writing? This is weird. This is, you know, out of out of character for me. And I certainly worked through a lot of kind of self-judgment and criticism around that And I'm sure there are people listening who might be thinking like, oh, I'm just not a creative person or I'm not a poet. I'm not a writer. So maybe that's not for me. What Mm -hmm. would you share with somebody who might be feeling that way?
1: Yeah. I mean, the knee jerk reaction to that is if you're a writer or if you write, you're a writer, Mm -hmm. but that
0: also is like everybody's response
1: to that question. And I don't want to do that to people. So what I would say is labels aren't helpful. And if it helps you, that's what matters. And there's so, you know, art and music and creativity, it's all subjective. And so who are we to say what's good and what's not? First of all, we, there's mm-hmm. so many different flavors. Um, and I, but I do really feel that if you are expressing yourself in that way, you are, If you wrote a poem, you're a poet, you know, it's just that simple. Maybe it's not your full-time profession. I had no training. And, And just to let everyone in on that conversation briefly was I was going through a breakup. I had come out of a health crisis and I was extremely overwhelmed. And I was terrified of moving backwards. I was terrified of the fact that I was in love with somebody I couldn't really trust. Mm. And it had to go somewhere. I had to do something with all of that. And I found myself writing and I had no conscious choice of that. It was like getting in my car and exiting and not remembering how I got there. But all I know is about three hours later, I kind of came to and I read what had come through me. And I started weeping Mm. because it was so clear that human Leslie showed up in overwhelm and in pain and something, some strong part of me was like, no, this is who you are. This is your voice, this is your power. And poetry gives me and writing maybe for other people. Like if you think about your journal, it gives that space for authentic expression for all of us, right? I don't know anybody who hides things from their journal. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like it really allows us to be open and you, we don't have to share our poetry with anybody that can be your own process.
0: Right. It's just for. It can be just for you, and like you said, it doesn't have to be your profession. You don't have to intend to publish a book of poems in order to write them. They can just be for you, and that in itself can be so cathartic.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. What works?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Whatever works. works. It's not a (laughs) one-size-fits-all. Yeah. But that does lead me to a question that I'm curious to hear your answer on. So obviously for you, it was this kind of, I don't want to say impulsive, but it was a strong impulse and it was intuitive in that it just flowed out of you. And it wasn't even maybe like a conscious decision of like, I'm going to sit down and write a poem. (laughs) So for somebody who maybe doesn't have that same impulse, who's sitting here thinking I've never felt called to write a poem in my life or write Mm -hmm. anything in my life, would this concept of poetry for healing still be valuable for them would you recommend that somebody try it if they're not necessarily feeling a strong impulse towards it
1: that's a great question because my truth is i think people always need to follow their heart and we are called to what we love and we are called to what will help us but that's also different than talking yourself out of something that might be a little uncomfortable Mm -hmm. So, you know, if somebody is curious about it, um, you know, poetry has a really wide range. You can get this really flowery abstract art. You can get art that rhymes. You can get art. That's really more lyrical, which is music based. It's about the cadence and the rhythm, which is a lot of what I write. Mm -hmm. Um, it can also be, um, A way to raise awareness, like I said, you get into spoken word, and that can be something where people are using it for advocacy and activism in the world. It doesn't have to be used that way, but my point is, there is not a one-size-fits-all approach, and you can make it into whatever works for you. It can be um, anything, like I said, from writing about your spiritual connection or falling in love and. It's lighter all the way down to processing trauma on paper and and speaking openly about your story, and it has more edge to it. Mm -hmm. So I sense that there's, as long as somebody likes to write, there's a path.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you touched on, you know, that your art could be, you know, used for more than just you. It, it It can turn into advocacy and activism and I think there's something really beautiful that I've witnessed at least that is one of the positive sides of social media mm-hmm. is I've seen people using, you know, video format on whether it's Instagram or TikTok or whatever platform people like to use of sharing spoken word and sharing their poetry, um, either through themselves, like actually voicing, doing like a voiceover on the video or reading a poem of theirs live um, or just having written it out and and sharing it on social media that way. And when you read the comments of those types of posts, it's so beautiful because you can tell how validating it is for the viewer or the listener or the reader Mm. for them to be able to say, oh my gosh, yes, like me too. I felt that way and I just couldn't really put it into words and thank you for sharing this. It can be healing for more than just you. And that is such a beautiful thing. I think.
1: Absolutely. And I, you have such a great way of perceiving and seeing the whole it's, it's so clear to me that you can see the whole so easily of like how something is rippling out. And I a hundred percent agree. I think that it is a, I really think it's a gift that we get to experience but that we get to give other people and i don't know about you but when i read something that lands 100 percent that little blip or that spoken word piece or that piece of music can completely change my vibration my mood the place that i tap into when truth talks nothing else matters you know it just cuts through everything. And so when somebody steps forward and they speak their art, whatever that is, it can it can basically slice through like diagonally right through the center <laughs> and pull somebody forward instantly.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. And I, I've certainly experienced that with poetry in the past. and music is a big one for me, which like you said, is is basically just lyrical poetry. I will, I'm, music it just has the, the most powerful ability to, to move me and move emotions through me and make me feel seen and validated and all the things. It's so beautiful.
1: Mm, yeah, absolutely.
0: So, one thing that I would love for you to share is obviously, if somebody's listening to this who already feels really inclined towards creativity and writing and poetry and the arts, you know, that's probably. This inspiration alone is probably enough for them to say, yeah, you know what, I'm going to pick up a pen and paper, grab my journal and just start writing and see what flows out. But for somebody who feels, feels that inspiration, yet maybe doesn't quite know where to start, maybe they've, whether they've judged themselves for you know, not being a poet, not being a writer or have never indulged their creativity before and are just feeling a little bit stuck, how and where would you recommend somebody to start to dive into poetry for healing?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, you brought up music and I would say when we can, when anybody can connect to a piece of music or a movie, or like, have you ever needed to cry and you can't? And so you watch this horrible sappy <laughs> movie to cry. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, so when we're stuck, there's generally a disconnect in the moment between our mind and our heart. And so if you can bridge that gap by connecting to something that sparks a lot of emotion in you, YouTube is a great way to do that. Just type oh, in something yes. <laughs> and, and let that inspire you. Let the musician's lyrics that you love inspire you and go right away from that um, heart-opening space, or maybe it's provoking something else, but let that be the catalyst that moves you, if that makes sense.
0: Yep, absolutely. I love that, using other people's art as a way to inspire your own.
1: Absolutely, yeah. It doesn't, again, it's really, I think we can overcomplicate things. i read mean, them. my i can so it's like okay what do i need right now how do i get there like those two yeah. questions yeah
0: yeah absolutely and then that ties back to you know our initial conversation about intuition we've got to be able yeah. to tap into that sensation of what do i need how do i get there
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: i love that so much so while we're on the topic of, of poetry for healing i um I would love to use this as an opportunity to share that you'll actually be coming in and teaching um, a workshop and maybe even a series of workshops for my um, membership, the self-care space, which I'm so excited about. Um, Would you mind just sharing a little bit about kind of giving people a taste of what what that workshop will be about if they're curious to learn more?
1: Yeah, I feel so much excitement about this too. It's my greatest joy um so the class is really designed to offer multiple layers so number 1 we're addressing that bridge, like I've I've said several times, between that the head and the heart. And again, that's so somewhat esoteric, but what does that translate into? That means our repetitive thoughts, our looping thinking, are the place we're stuck actually can be met with the power of our heart through me guiding us into that space and channeling that into something that takes that heart space and puts it out into the world. And when it goes out, um it what I notice again is it solidifies in the body, it, it strengthens the voice. and I personally have always seen self-esteem arise from that process. And on another level, there is the community aspect. So we've talked a little bit about trauma. The you know, stage one of dispersing trauma is getting it out of the body, shaking things like that. I know you know all this, Megan. But number two is being witnessed. And this process allows you to be witness to whatever degree you're ready for. And again, that's what I love about it is you can be as bold or um, shy as you want to be. It's your own journey of how you want to use writing and poetry to, to transform. And the other element, element, excuse me, of it is um, channeling whatever the experience is into something. Beautiful. And what I mean by beautiful is we can find beauty in everything, can find it in even in death because of what it's prompting us into in that moment. It does not mean we need to like it. It doesn't mean that we have to be Pollyanna about it or pretend or get into that performance mentality of spirituality and healing. But instead, the beauty is it could be in that piece of art that you create. And so It encompasses all of these. And what you and I talked about was really honoring the truth of your heart, writing from a place of recovering, reclaiming your heart. What is your truth and getting more solid and strong in that. So depending on where you are in your journey for one person, that might be, I need to be seen and heard in the experience that I'm having around my breakup right now for somebody else. It might be, um, something that feels more like we talked about, like activism, or I'm going to raise awareness around this. And they have like a really solid voice and direction they're going. It's about honoring your heart and the medicine it brings and channeling that into something powerful for you.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's such a beautiful description. And I am personally so excited for this workshop. It's going to be so fun and And I love that you mentioned community as well, because I think there's something so powerful about coming together in connection with other women to explore and to heal and to grow and to create art together. I think that's such a beautiful thing.
1: I agree. I think that especially as women, we are meant to be in community and we hear that. But if you think back to how this world functioned for so long women coming together in community was how they lived their lives day in and day out. And I really think that on a primal, like DNA level, we need it. I don't even think it's a
0: survival. Yeah. I
1: really need, I need the joy, the light, the, the range of, of every woman, her truth, her experience to feel that mine too has a space. I think we all need that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think so many of us go way too long trying to go it on our own and to not need connection and community for the sake of of independence. But interdependence is really such a, a healthy and beautiful thing. And I've certainly found that connecting with other women has been such a healing part of my own journey.
1: Yeah, it's so expansive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm excited and, and grateful for your willingness to come into our community and, and teach. And for anybody listening who that calls to you, um, I'll make sure to link it in the show notes so that you can come check it out. And if you're in a time zone where you're not able to attend live, we'll make sure to record it um, to be able to send it out to you guys afterwards so that everybody can benefit from it. Um, oh my goodness! There's a, probably a million more things that I want to talk to you about. So maybe we'll have to do another episode. <laughs> um, I
1: know there's so much common ground. I feel between us, it's such yes. a joy to connect.
0: Yes, I could not agree more. And you have such a, a rich background and and um, kind of beautiful area of expertise that definitely overlaps with mine. And and I think that I'm just grateful for the work you do. I think the world could use more of it. And I'm grateful that our paths crossed. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, where can people learn more about you and the work that you're up to if they want to stay connected?
1: Yeah. So, I invite people to go to my website. Um, I also am pretty active on Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram, but I'm not as I'm not as prominent as most people on there. Um, so, my website is my first and last name, which is Les. L E Y W I R T H dot com. So it's Leslie Worth, but there's it's spelt a little different. (laughs) Um, And you can reach me there. There's, um, you know, plenty of opportunities. There's a write yourself free guide that I think people might really like. It's like a five day process of working with yourself and self worth um, through writing. And then on Facebook, it's just my first and last name again, same with Instagram, um, L-E-S-L-E-Y underscore W-I-R-T-H.
0: Perfect. I will make sure to link all of that in the show notes so that everybody listening can go um, check you out and follow along with what you're up to, which I highly recommend for anybody listening. Um, last question. I love to ask everybody who comes on the show. Um, just a little, little fun one. I know, obviously we've talked about one of your favorite healing tools and modalities being poetry and, and creativity and writing. Um, but if you had to share one other healing practice or wellness habit that has been really transformative for you, and is kind of like a staple go-to in your life, what would that be?
1: There's two.
0: That's, fine. <laughs> that okay? I, that's totally fine. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: I would be like, um, there's 20. <laughs> <yeah. laughs>
1: um, so for me, movement is huge. So whether that's, you know, dancing around the house and it's that kind of movement of just um, really feeling the music through my body. So not even paying attention to what I look like, mm-hmm. but just moving the energy as really important. And and or working out in some capacity. I'm just somebody that has to be moving, um, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And the other actually is what I call like these, I call them God meltdowns. And that's, if stuff gets really hard, it's just go into my car and let it out. Yep. <laughs> and I love, um, the fact that whenever I've done that, I feel so much better after. And I actually have noticed that there's been almost always some sort of huge intuitive insight that has come. So even if I'm dispelling it in the moment, it might not feel so great, but afterwards it's like the body calms and I can hear a lot of guidance because all that clogged up you know, stuff went away and it's it's like this light just comes in. It's so beautiful. So that's why I really embrace being authentic because when we can work with what's there and, and move it in some way, we create space for what we're really needing.
0: I love that. That's such a liberating and cathartic practice to 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 integrate into your regular life and routine. So thank you for sharing that. It's a good reminder. Yeah, now
1: everyone, everyone's going to go out and start screaming in right? the car. <laughs>
0: It honestly, it feels good. I, I it feel feels so don't good until you try it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, thank you yeah. so much for, for coming on today, for having this wonderful conversation and for, again, for being a part of my community. I'm, I'm so excited that we connected and I can't wait to continue all these conversations.
1: Yeah, me too, Megan. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. And to everybody who was listening in today, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation and this community with us. If you know somebody who would benefit from hearing Leslie's story and all of the amazing wisdom and insight that she has to share, please feel free to pass this episode along to them. And until next time, I hope you all have a happy, healthy, and love-filled day.